So, welcome to a very special <laughs> episode of Last on the Break. You know I'm going to lay it on thick. Uh, lay it you on. Should be, <laughs> you should be waiting and, and ready. Uh, with our CCO, as of earlier this season, mm -hmm. Dan Russell-Mundo. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I said your name in an especially northern way then. That's okay. Dan Rossimondo. There you go, very Latin. Um, I'm sure in Italy a lot of people are expecting you to possibly be Italian when they see and your speak name. speak Italian. Yep. Mm -hmm. But uh, so yeah, you are our CCA, like I said, of Dorna Sports, which is the commercial rights holder of MotoGP, as I'm sure many of you listening will already know. Spanish Mafia got a little bit less Spanish. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's always yes. the uh, accusation, and we said we we're going to talk about that. We can. But. To kind of get to know you a little bit better, introduce you to the fans, sure. you were first with us in Austin. Mm -hmm. That was your first event. Uh, and there was a press conference with you. The media could meet you, ask a couple of questions. We know your background is from the NBA. But then, what about you? How, how is your kind of, oh no, you're get, you don't mm. like the word journey, do you? Vision. No, I don't like vision. <laughs> journey, I don't mind. Okay, so vision. we'll take journey. I was just thinking yeah. like, no. Uh, so you're from New Jersey, I'm from which I am on a band to call New Jersey. Yeah, the Garden State. Absolutely. So yeah, tell us a little bit about you then for fans who may not know exactly who you are and what your position is Well, now. first I'd like to say that I, I, I am delighted to be here um, I cannot believe you chose me over Valentino Rossi. I know it was a close call, but it was. it's okay. Um, yeah, I've been turning down calls from know, Valentino know, all morning. I know. Um, but so yeah, I'm born and bred in New Jersey. Uh, I lived in New York for quite some time. I've grown up in the sports marketing business. Well, some might say I still have not grown up, but I've been in the sports marketing <laughs> business for a long time, working for professional sports teams and leagues in the US. Uh, I have a beautiful, patient, loving wife in New Jersey and three beautiful, impatient children in New Jersey. Um, yeah, and I jo joined here five months ago. I can't believe it's, A, I can't believe it's been five months, but also at the same time, that press conference in Austin seems as if it were eons ago. I've learned so much and um, still have so much to learn, but I definitely have, I know my way around the paddock at least every now and again. Yeah, I feel like when you arrived, obviously, you knew enough about the sport, mm. but still very much like learning stuff. And you were super open about that as well. You didn't yeah. arrive like, yes, I'm a scholar of the sport. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what kind of convinced you, what was it about MotoGP that attracted you to take on this challenge from the NBA? Yeah. Something pretty different. Yeah, I, I, well, the first thing I would say, I mean, if you can find a, a position at this stage of, my, of your career that I'm in where you can actually learn aggressively, I think that's awesome because learning is something that keeps people going. Um, so that was definitely appealing. I don't want to be, always want to be the, uh, the idiot of the sport, but I do, <laughs> so, so I will learn quickly. But I think one of the things that appealed to me was the global nature of the sport. You talked about the Spanish Mafia, but it's it's much more than that. I mean, it's this this paddock is a little bit like the UN. Um, the, yeah, there's a lot of Italians and a lot of Spaniards, but it really is varied. There's so many different yeah, people here. Yeah, and that's a great part about it. And also, we bring the sport to the people all over the world, which is fantastic. I mean, we'll be do. I'm sure you'll be asking about that. But we're doing a little traveling in a couple weeks. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so the global nature of the sport really, and also, um, I would say. The fast-paced, like it's, and the, and I, I probably didn't know this ahead of time, but what I've learned, what I've, if I had done my homework, I would have known this was an attraction to me. It's, 
it's such a visceral sport. It's all out there for you. It's all, and the fans make it that way. The, the sounds make it that way. The circuits, the way they're built, make it that way. So I think it's a, it's just something that um, I th is just really, really exciting. That's, as well, it's also exciting to have someone else be excited about it. Obviously, yeah. I think you need a certain level of that to work here in any capacity, in the paddock, full-time, within the sport or whatever. But it's great to see you genuinely... Like, I mean, also, that the fact you arrived in Austin saying this, and you're still saying it yeah. now, and we've not completely broken yourself. No, I, I, I joke... <laughs> I joke all the time that I've gone from this, uh, this uh, hopeful optimism to at least a little bit of informed optimism. I'm still as optimistic, but now I've got a reason to be. So I think that this definitely happened. So now you're kind of embedded yeah. and kind of know, wow, oh, I was going to go very Spanglish then. Oh boy. You've ubicated yourself. Oh my it's goodness, really not I have. in any way I have. an English word, but there we are, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, what are you kind of working on now then? What is your kind of main focus? Yeah. We should say as well, CCO for those of you, I said it too quickly at the start, <laughs> Chief Commercial Officer. Correct. So what, are, yeah, give us a list. What are your responsibilities? Oh. Goodness. Well, I think the, high, the number one thing on my priority list is prioritization because I have so much that I want to do and that we want to do together. Um, so in a nutshell, Chief Commercial Officer means I try to, uh, my team and I try to figure out how we can make this sport um, grow financially to help all parties, Dorna, the teams, the riders, the broadcast partners, the sponsors. So. My main responsibilities are threefold. The digital business, which really permeates through everything. Uh, the, the media distribution business, so where do we get our uh, races broadcast on? Um, and then the sponsorship licensing and hospitality business, which is in our commercial side. So Red Bull, one of our best sponsors, would be an example of that. Um, and then obviously the VIP Village and how we monetize that and what sort of experience we bring to those people and then the licensees that we work with across the board. So that's in a nutshell, but then add on to that, it's how do we grow in priority markets? How do we grow, how do we continue to stimulate our fans in core markets? How do we get more fans on the marketing side? How do we get our story out there better? Um, how do we create new events outside of these wonderful circuits that we have? So that's all in a nutshell of things that, I'm, that, I'm, that my team and I are working on. Well, then that's gonna give me a perfect segue That's too. what I try to do always achieving it mm -hmm. um, instead of doing our fan questions at the end because they're rather Good. relevant to the conversation as a whole the first one we had from Instagram was from Ishman Singh mm -hmm. and it's how does Dorna intend to make MotoGP more appealing and reach newer audiences yeah. which I guess is the crux of the it's good. It's, a, it's the whole thing. It could be that could be uh, my I don't know what they call them in Europe, but my thesis paper here is like how do we get more fans? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's a good question. I and I would say that one of the things that I have been heartened by is that the sport really doesn't need to be fixed or anything like that. There's no irreparable damage. The sport is wonderful. It's fantastic. It's, a, it's everything that you want in a modern sport in terms of um, how it connects with fans, the pace of it, uh, the heroes that we have. Yeah, we like to make a little bit more out of our riders to get them a little bit more out there, but the sport's fantastic. So I see my job and I see the job of my team is how do we tell the story in a more concise way and how do we bring it to people? So a couple examples. We have record attendance at some of our circuits this year. If you think of Saxon Ring, if you think of um, Le Mans, 
But what are we doing in Germany and in France outside of the circuits? How do we bring the sport to the people who aren't making it there? Okay. How I've, are, I've been campaigning for a Berlin yes. event for a long time because yeah, it's the so, best city in the world. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Um, but also, how do we then um, get our sport to transcend sports? How do we get it into the cultural mindset of people? Um, I, I, you know, you never want sports to um, sort of mesh with entertainment where you can't tell that it's a competition, but you definitely uh, want it to be an entertaining and have people from the entertainment community love our sports. We're working on that, but always trying to do a couple of things. Unique to MotoGP, we are what we are, we should be proud of it. Um, and we don't want to change too much in terms of this great sport that we have. So those are the things that I keep in mind. But I do, like, I see myself as a little bit of an evangelist. I know that might have some negative connotations, but it's more about me touting how wonderful the sport is and bringing it to actual people. And we bring the sport to people. It's just how do we get more and more fans? And I, the great thing is, is that if you look at our research, 65% of our fans want us to have more fans. They love this sport so dearly that they want other people to love it as much. So we have to work on that. For sure. And I guess the NBA, obviously, that is kind of, it is a sporting icon, yeah. especially in the US, but it's also a cultural Very icon. Much so. Do you think that's really a valuable background for now what you're trying to do within MotoGP? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'm going to try to be a little bit more humble than Miguel Oliveira was on this podcast last week and say that I don't think I had too much to do <laughs> with making the NBA a cultural icon in terms of, because the, the players really do that, frankly. The, the, going back to Michael Jordan, you know, Magic Johnson. Um, obviously, LeBron and Kobe and Steph Curry, they've all sort of transcend the sport. Yeah, it's helpful because, you know, you then bring in, a, you bring in an audience that just doesn't care about the games. Our advantage, what we have, is that we only have 20, 22 races a year. Well, double that if you include the, 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 the sprint. So we have a real opportunity to make everything feel bigger and better. Um, so I do think the, um, we can find ways that our riders can sort of be ambassadors in the entertainment community, but also just continue to do, showcase how great they are at their sport. Okay, that's, I like that very much. So speaking about bringing the sport to the fans then, mm -hmm. another good segue for our second yeah. Instagram question. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to manage to read this username out. I'm going to go for FXZ underscore Aldo. Okay. What are the prospects or plans to add more venues around the globe for next season? Well, or next seasons. Okay, thank. Yeah, that's sorry. a better question. This is not a calendar spoiler. Yes, no, not <laughs> no, not a calendar spoiler. And I think it's also one of the things that I've had a quick education on is that, well, first of all, we there's only certain, so many places we can race. Sh safety factors being top of mind, right? We we can only race so, so many circuits. And then we have to try to figure out how we do that in a very sustainable, efficient manner. How do we, you know, we are going to travel the globe with you know, a, a lot of bikes and a lot of people, we want to do it in the most efficient way possible. Our racing in a lot of different territories is contingent upon people, governments, promoters wanting to build circuits. And we're seeing a lot of activity in there. Um, and I think as our sport becomes more and more popular, as I res respond to that last question, as we get a bigger, bigger funnel of fans, more and more people are going to want to invest in either existing circuits to make them up to spec for us, or actually build new ones. And so we're seeing a lot of activity in this space. And um, it's, you know, hopefully at some point the demand will outpace the supply, meaning that we'll have more people wanting circuits than that we can actually go to. 
Um, and that's that's on the horizon. So it's, I've got good prospects for us to go in new places in the next few years. Good prospects. And then talking about efficiency then, this calendar is probably, yeah. for sure this year, compared to other sports we won't name, but everyone knows who we mean. Mm -hmm. uh, our run in Asia is certainly, if you're going backpacking, yes. trying to do a loop, mm. that's also probably the route you choose to be the most efficient. But it's so many races now coming up. On a personal level, are you ready for that? Because it's a bit of a different pace to yes. Austin and then Europe. I know you yes. split some time between Europe and New, yeah. New Jersey still, but how are you feeling about this? I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm over the moon because I'm really, I, every, every time I get on a grid, I get chills and goosebumps still. So I'm just excited to kind of have an experience in a different place. Um, I am fortunate that I do okay on planes. So you're not a, you're not a. If this, if this traveler. podcast was moving, I could fall asleep. So Same. I have that benefit. I have that. That is a, that is a, a blessing that I have. <laughs> um, I've never been to Australia. I've never been to Indonesia. So I'm excited about that as well. I've never been to Malaysia. I'm excited about that. And I'm going back to India and Japan, and I'm really, really in Thailand, which I'm really thrilled about. So I look. It's, it'll be a grind for the organization. And one thing I should probably go, you know. There is a, and again, something that I've learned in five months, there is a really, really healthy, congenial, yet dedicated group of people who make this happen. At, not just at Dorna, but because the people at Dorna, what they pull off every weekend, it seems like, is absolutely astonishing. But it's just, it's Dorna, it's the teams, it's Erta, it's the FIM, it's our broadcasters, it's our sponsors, it's her riders and their family. There's a, the, what we can pull off is actually kind of astonishing. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to all, all of them because without them, we wouldn't be able to put on the shows we do. So it'll be a grind for the organization, it'll be grind for the various groups, but it'll be very, very beneficial to those fans who are gonna see some of the greatest, the, you know, the greatest championship, the most exciting championship in the world, maybe come to these uh, new locations. So I can't wait. Wow, okay. I mean, evangelizing, you said it. Yeah, there we go. You're always very good at it. I'm trying. <laughs> so in terms of the media, mm. the more hardcore fans, like I made the joke about the Spanish Mafia really yes. on, because I also want to make the point to our audiences that like we, you know, within Dorna, management, everyone, do read things. <laughs> Uh, and are aware, you know, if sure. people spend a lot of time on the internet yes. deciding that they know everything that's going on. Correct. With much love to yes. all of them, of course. Yes. Thanks for taking an interest. Yes. Um, but yeah, obviously you're from a very different cultural background to that of kind of Carmelo, Carlos yeah. and the other guys. How is it from your perspective coming over here into this sport that is, like you say, it's so international. Yep. Do you have, how do you feel there at the top? Yeah. Just the, you it's, know. You know, it, they've, they've exceeded my expectations. It must be pretty different to like Madison Square Garden. Oh, vibes, yeah, you know? it's, absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely different. But I tell you, the people have absolutely exceeded my expectations, not just in terms of just the level of kindness and thoughtfulness that they've shown me being in this position where I'm globe trying the world, haven't moved my family over to Madrid yet, I'm going to see them, I'm trying to get my job done, but they've been fantastic. But also just on the business side, so open to new ideas, and I think that's some of the stuff that, you know, maybe rightfully so, or maybe um, a little bit more directionally okay, is that people always think about, oh, it's Dorna, it's, you know, Barcelona and Madrid, they're just trying to figure out, and like, they've been so open to new ideas, and so open to us now, open to ways of doing things. Now, we can't do everything, 
that I that you know maybe is on, is on our wish list, and not everything is going to happen overnight. But I will tell you, and this is not about the executive team, but just in terms of our responsiveness, someone just actually one of the questions that I saw when we we posted this on our Twitter feed was, can you fix the stupid website and can you get rid get put the spoilers back, uh, get rid of the spoiler, make it spoiler free? Well, the funny thing is, someone actually tweeted to me about that two weeks ago. I then raised it. Last week, I'd send them a picture of the new website that is now spoiler free. So we fix things. We, we, they, everybody is moving at the speed of lightning. And so I'm trying to be that person that can at least, uh, I don't know, have to take an outsider view and see what the fans are saying, see what writers are saying, and kind of be responsive in a ways that I can. Can't respond to everything. Can't fix everything. I was say, are We're you so, ready to now be a one-man customer service? Cannot fix everything, <laughs> cannot respond to everything, will not be a one-man customer service, but will certainly try as hard as I can to uh, advocate for fans and consumers. Well, for sure. I mean, yeah, you have been active on Twitter. Mm. We've seen, we've also seen some defensiveness in the yes. best way on Twitter. Correct. Loving the MetaGP. I have become, I've become instantly defensive of this organization. I enjoy that because I'm yeah. very much like yeah. that. And then I'm like, I don't know, is it a natural thing that happens? Yeah, it, it is, but also you can be <laughs> defensive and also admit that we're imperfect. It's okay. Everybody is. And we're going to continue to get better. Okay, that's a bit of an iconic quote yeah, there. There we go. Um, but we're not, we've got a few more minutes go. before I can Take let you time. go free. Uh, media then. Yeah. I think there's a bit less fan interest in terms of how are you going to make a partnership with X sponsor yeah. or what is your plan for VIP village itineraries in future. But for sure, there's a lot of interest in TV, media, yes. social media, how the sport is broadcast how you see that going forward, yep. how we could use it to get new fans, etc. What's your kind of vision of that? I'm going to use vision on purpose. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> that In this one, it's I probably j joined in one of the most interesting times in the media landscape I could have, um, especially having an, having an American passport. What's going on in the United States right now, are, there's a seismic shift in how in sports media rights landscape. So managing that and keeping, keeping our eye on that is at the top of my list. Um, and also just the way consumers interact with content is always changing. Again, how I, I luckily I have a focus group of two teenage boys at home and how they consume, <laughs> consume sports and consume content is just, it changes every day and it's just, I don't know what I don't know the right words to say. It's just completely antithetical to anything that I know and know how to monetize in a lot of ways. But we're we're working on that. So what I want to think about is we have unbelievable content. Our race production is second to none. We have over 165, sometimes 180 cameras that we bring to bear on the weekend. We do a wonderful job of trying to replicate what it actually is like at the circuit, which is hard to do because I don't think. You can, because I keep telling people you have to come to the circuit because it's the most amazing thing you'll ever see in your life. I think it's the noise. It's the noise. You and it's can't turn your TV up loud yes. enough. It's not the microphones we have are incredible. Yeah. But you cannot make the TV attack you in no. the middle of your chest like you can no. here. <laughs> Correct. And I also think it's just the noise. And also there's a collective buzz of the crowds when things happen, when see, people see things. So from my perspective, I think what we have to do is take this wonderful production that we do 
of both live racing and the ancillary content that we do and find our audiences where they want, when they want. Not an easy task, not an easy task. I talk to CMOs and marketers all the time and I say, I don't envy being a marketer now again because you have to be everywhere with the right message at the right time. It's a challenge, but we are, we spend a lot of time on this. We've had really great numbers this year. I'll toot our own horn a little bit. Um, I mean, Italy, France, Spain, we're really doing very well. Uh, in, you know, the US, it, we're, we're kind of ongoingly, ongoing working with our broadcast partner there. We've had really good numbers that have nothing to do with me, but I'll take a lot of credit for it. Um, and I think we just have to continue to amplify that this sport is awesome to watch, that you can watch a world championship event in 45 minutes on Sunday. And by the way, the other two classes, Moto2 and Moto3 on Sunday are thrilling. So it, you get a good good moment of racing. And, to, just yeah. to pause there yes. and make sure we don't sorry. break the heart of Nicolas Goubert and oh, Moto E on sorry. Has been I was saying Sunday specifically, and then there's Saturday where <laughs> we had obviously the point race in Moto E, it'll be decided uh, the day after tomorrow, which will it be will. thrilling, and I think that's great. And I think what we've done with Ducati and Michelin and Enel at Moto E is some, we're leading the way in that regard as well. So I think, yes, I don't want to break anybody's heart at Moto E. I love it. I love it. Like <laughs> I love all my children equally. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I know. I think you know. I was getting excited, by the way. I was like, I was getting, I was going. <sighs> I've ruined it now. I'm no, sorry. Okay. I've popped okay. the popped the bubble. You're just okay. at the worst moment. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's. Pretty much. The only other thing, one other thing, yeah, it's good to. One other thing I would say in terms of just what we're trying to do is, we do like the two most important constituents we have are our fans and our riders. We can't do anything without our riders, but we also can't do anything with our fans. So there's a happy medium of, of all the decisions we make. So I would say to all of our core diehard fans out there, just we, we be patient. We love this sport as much as you, and we try to balance all these different variables uh, for what's best for the sport, and we're going to continue to do that. And yeah, like you say, good numbers so far this season. Great it's numbers this well. so far. This and great. we've also, breaking news, got the uh, rider vote this weekend. There's two democratic decisions that have gone through. Warm-up move forward by five minutes, and then the uh, press conference. Press conference removed no on more. Saturday. Yeah. Yes. And I look, look, those are all decisions that we make. Um, you know, the riders came to us, pressed for time, and we said, listen, these are things we, we want to make your, <laughs> your jobs are hectic as, as they could be. <laughs> we want to make them as easy as possible. But they also, uh, and full, full gratitude to them, they respect the fans and their, you know. Yeah, it's I always think, nice yeah. on the hero walk. You can see they, they actually, they put the effort in. And they hero walk and look at the, and the rider parade. <laughs> on, it's just amazing what they do on. What do you think of the rider parade? Because um, you've not lived the sport without the rider parade. Yeah, I think the rider, I mean, the picture of that uh, marshal um, in <laughs> yeah. Barcelona chasing down the, <laughs> the truck to get the hat was just awesome. And I think it's, it's, it, it's, really, it's really good. So I think, you know, and then we had Saturday in Barcelona, we had the sprint podium in the, in the fan zone, which, you know, again, bringing the riders close to the fans was the things we're trying to do all the time. Yeah, that was really cool watching yeah. it on TV as well for me. Yeah. It's like excellent. So small steps. Small steps, but very cool steps. Yes. Okay, well, we will let you go there. Well, thank you for having it's me. It's strange now, I'm like, how do I end this? Now we don't have the fun question segment that we've done throughout the interview. Thank goodness. Like, do you want quick fire? Sure. Pineapple on pizza? No. Okay. <laughs> I tried, our sound guys are laughing in yeah, the background. No. <laughs> no. No, okay. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Okay, good. Lots of it. I don't know, what else is a contentious 
Quick uh, fire. Pineapple football. and pizza is always the one. Football or soccer? Football or soccer? Football. Oh, really? Meaning, I call it football. You call it football? Yeah, I love... I, Yes, I love both football and football, American football <laughs> and, and your international. I, love I, I struggle with both football and football. Yeah. I have to say, I, know. I, I try. I know you do. I try and find the love. Okay. Because uh, you you went to some football football. I've been to some football football. I'm actually going to a game in Madrid, um, not this Sunday but next Sunday. So I'm oh, very excited. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went in Madrid. Huh, there you go. I can't think of any other good quick okay. fire questions, so we'll leave you there, and we'll never bring up pineapple and pizza ever again. Never. For the record, I really like it, uh, mm. and it's one of the things I'm most ashamed of that I believe brings my level of culture down yeah, I quite think a long does. way. No judgments, though. I feel judged, and I accept it. That's no, okay. Thank you very much, Dan, Thanks for your for time. Me. I hope fans enjoyed this chat. That also gives them. I don't want to say reassurance, but a nice little insight into what's happening behind the scenes, big changes this season, and lots more exciting stuff to come. So, I hope so. thank you very much. Thank and you. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next week, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs>